For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, it's Keith Smith, Atlanta Falcons fullback, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. This is Jamon Bushrod, Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Jimmy Ward. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez Scanling. It's the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hello, this is center Nick Martin for the Houston Texans, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Willie Gay Jr., Chiefs linebacker, and you're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Keith Kirkwood, wide receiver, number 19 for the Carolina Panthers, and you're uh, listening to the podcast of Pro Football Chase. Hey, everyone. It's Chris Wormley here, Steelers defensive lineman, uh, and you guys are listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Browns linebacker, Jacob Phillips, and we're live on the Chase Podcast. All right, what's going on, y'all? This is Shannon Sullivan, number 39 for the Green Bay Packers, and you're tuning in to Pro Football Chase. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, football fans. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you, and I got my buddy Terrell Worthy on the line as we get ready for another week of NFL football. I'm looking forward to chatting about some of these matchups, Terrell. And also, we have some fan questions, and uh, looking forward to answering those as well. So, Jarrell, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing phenomenal on this afternoon. Uh, football is right around the corner. We got some phenomenal stuff uh, up and coming. Uh, the Monday Night Football uh, really kicked off this week, man, so I'm really excited. Yes, sir, and now the big news this morning, Jarrell, is the fact that the Steelers at Titans game is postponed due to the Tennessee COVID issue where they had eight total players and personnel test positive for COVID-19 following their trip to Minnesota this past Sunday. So no worries. There's a little bit of panic going on in the NFL world about what's going to happen. The game is expected to be played. It'll just be on Monday or Tuesday night. So that has been the talk of the morning as of the last 30 minutes or so, Jarrell. But we will have football. So that's the most important thing. Now, Jarrell, we want to talk about some of these questions that we have from fans and we put up a post on Tuesday on my uh, Instagram page because I want to be a little bit more engaging with these fans and so Nick Sargent is gonna kick things off Jarrell his question to us is as of now it's still early who would you say is the better team the Green Bay Packers who are 3-0 or the Seattle Seahawks who are also 3-0 Oh wow, that's a that's a tough one. Well, actually, I don't I don't necessarily think it is a tough one. I think 
Um, as far as a complete team, I would go with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, defensively, they've proven uh, over the last couple of weeks that they can compete with the premier teams in the league. Um, going uh, up against the New Orleans Saints, even without Michael Thomas, Sean Payton is still going to have a phenomenal game plan. Uh, we saw we saw Alvin Kamara have his impact on the game, and they were going toe-to-toe for the first half. And so the, the, the Green Bay Packers had an opportunity to take over in the second half, and they did that. And when you look at how they performed against the Minnesota Vikings – as well as the Detroit Lions. Like these are guys, these this is a team that's been proven. And I think at the end of the day, the Seattle Seahawks, if uh if they lose Russell Wilson, I think that they're that they definitely would be in, in a world of trouble. Um on the other hand, with the Green Bay Packers, I think they've established themselves defensively and they've established what they want to do offensively to get to squeak by with a few games if there was an injury to Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that the Seahawks can say the same thing with Russell. Yeah, I would agree with you, man. I think the Green Bay Packers are the clear-cut better team over the Seattle Seahawks right now, mainly because Seattle has a lot of deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. We saw this past Sunday, and really the first couple of weeks as well, their defense has gotten torched, especially in the past game. Their defensive line is a weakness. They didn't re-sign Jadavion Clowney or Ezekiel Ansah. Now the Packers, on the other hand, they have developed a very strong young defense led by the Smith Bros coming off the edge, and when you have elite edge rushers Jarrell as you know I mean that really sets a team apart and makes them Super Bowl contenders when you pair them with the quarterback the caliber of Aaron Rodgers in that high-powered offense Aaron Jones in the backfield and they just showcase that yet again in prime time on Sunday night really beating the Saints convincingly I don't think New Orleans Really had a shot as that game progressed on. The Packers and Matt LaFleur are certainly playing at a very high level right now. Yeah, they're dialed in. And, you know, when you can go into a game without uh, Devontae Adams and still uh, put up the type of numbers that he was able to put up and the efficiency that they played with, um, being able to run the ball, throw the ball, and then having that pass rush on the other side. When When the Green Bay Packers went to the Super Bowl, man, they had a top 10 defense. Um, led by Charles Woodson, Clay Matthews, B.J. Raji, and so forth. Um, Nick Collins was in the back end, and you got guys that that were premier. And ever since they had to to dismantle that defense, um, the Green Bay Packers haven't been the same. Now they've realized over the last couple years that this needs to be addressed, and they've addressed it. And so at the end of the day, the Green Bay Packers are in the running for the Super Bowl this year. Yes, indeed. It's going to be something to watch as we move forward. Now we'll go on to the next question from fans. This one comes from Chris, and I like this one because we are almost at the end of the first quarter of the 2020 season, so this fits the narrative. His question is, who is the biggest surprise team this season and why? There's a variety of teams to choose from, Jarrell. Who is the team that has surprised you the most? Ooh, uh, I think it will have to be the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, regardless of who's at quarterback, this team has been able to squeak out some wins and get, um, get into a 3-0 start. The, uh, the, the, the emphasis on this team was, was you know, keeping the ball, um, not having turnovers, uh, finding some way to score points. Um, they, took, they suffered a big blow this past weekend, uh, losing Cohen um, as far as the running back's concerned and what he brings out the backfield. Uh, but realistically, Matt Nagy is finally starting to find some continuity with Allen Robinson. You know he's up for a big deal, and you know he's voiced his concerns, and he's been show, um, putting his money where his mouth is and, and going out there and balling on Sundays. Uh, but for me, it's just, it's really the defense. 
Um, when Nick Foles came in, the energy in the entire team went skyrocketed. And for him to come in and throw three touchdowns, they knew what this guy can do because they ultimately see this guy in practice. And so the Chicago Bears uh, getting out to the 3-0 start, regardless of you know the first couple teams that they played uh, with the Giants. And um, uh, I'm not sure. I forgot who the, the other team that they played coming out the gate. But these were they were two teams that necessarily um, just really weren't in contention. And so... For them to go uh, last week and, and, and get a win against the Atlanta Falcons after having already, you know, being down most of that game and they come back and win, that just shows a lot about the Chicago Bears and, and really, truly who they wanted at the quarterback position. I'm going to stay in the NFC North and I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings, Jarrell, 0-3. They are a big surprise to me. In fact, I had them winning the NFC North this year because on paper, this is a team that has arguably one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. Now, of course, Danielle Hunter started the year on IR. They acquired Yannick Ngakwe, but they just have not been able to hit their stride on offense. We know they traded Stephon Diggs, drafted Justin Jefferson. The hope was that Jefferson and Adam Thielen would be able to pick up where they left off. And you know what? They did show that this past Sunday because Justin Jefferson went off and they lost a tight game to the Tennessee Titans, who were undefeated, by the way. And I know that their schedule has not been the easiest. They had to open the year against Green Bay. Week 1 lost in a shootout by 9. And then the Colts, they lost 28-11 to in Week 2. So this is a team that has come right out of the gates and have had some tough opponents. But them being 0-3 up to this point certainly has caught my eye. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a struggle. Um, and for these teams that are 0-3, man, I think um, at the end of the day, you know, you've got you've got Philadelphia, you've got the uh, – not the Giants, but you've got the, the Atlanta Falcons. And, I mean, obviously the Houston, you know, the Houston Texans and the Minnesota Vikings. Like I said before, um, I've said it on previous podcasts before, the Minnesota Vikings shocked me because Mike Zimmer has never been 0-2 um, in his tenure there being the head coach. And so for them to be 0-3 is extremely shocking. I knew that Houston was going to struggle. Um, they they played ultimately the top three teams in the um, in their in their conference on the AFC side as, as far as um, Pittsburgh, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, um, and the Kansas City Chiefs. They've ultimately played the top three teams, so it's not it's not necessarily a surprise that they're zero three. Um, but realistically, the Atlanta Falcons and how they've come out, um, especially being ahead in a lot of in in, in, more, in all of the games that they've lost, um, it's it's surely disappointing. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons became the first team in NFL history to lose games when they had a 15-point-plus lead in the fourth quarter. You know Falcons fans are not happy right now. Dan Quinn is a guy that continues to be on the hot seat. As of now, he's safe, but that is a coach who could be on his way out if the Falcons are unable to get back on track. So now we'll move on to the next question, Jarrell, and this one is a rather intriguing one because I'm not sure if you are aware, but... Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera came to the press earlier this week and expressed disappointment in the development of Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback. He came out and said, and I quote, there is a cutoff point for me, close quote, in waiting for Haskins to progress. This is a team that won their opening game against the Eagles, but have since dropped the last two games of the year. So, The question comes from Luke Chillman, and he says, how do you think the Washington football team will handle themselves in both finding a long-term quarterback 
and dealing with their team overall? Well, I, when I'm looking at Ron Rivera make this statement in public, I that, I personally think this is just a a, a a confidence or trying to ignite the fire of Dwayne Haskins. Um, we saw in week one they had an opportunity and, and they went out there and they played well. They ran the football well. The eight sacks ultimately helped them uh, get the win. But at the same time, the Washington Redskins, um, they believe in Dwayne Haskins. I mean, it's a reason – you know, why he's starting at the moment. And, you know, Ron Rivera is just trying to light a fire under him. I'm thinking that he did the same thing when he was in Carolina when he had Cam Newton at the quarterback. He knows these types of guys. He understands where they come from. He understands what fuels them and what what lights a fire under them, uh, what lights a fire under them. And that and that's uh, realistically um, looking inferior to their peers. And so um, I think at the end of the day, Dwayne Hassan is going to come out there and he's going to he's going to try to have a phenomenal game against Baltimore. Unfortunately, it's going to be just Baltimore. You know, these guys are coming off a, 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 a game where they got annihilated in Kansas, by Kansas City. And so I think Baltimore is going to come out and have an opportunity to really knock Dwayne Haskins around. But if you can see if you can still see um, some progression from this week, from last week, I think Ron Rivera still sticks with this quarterback. What Ron Rivera said was that, you know, the team deserves better from Haskins. And I agree. I think he has made some mistakes in terms of reading the defenses. If you go look at his stats in three games, he's thrown for 625 yards, four touchdowns, and three interceptions with a 56.4 completion percentage. But right. I do have to say that he doesn't have the most weapons, Jarrell. I mean, you know, he's got Terry McLaurin on the outside, but other than him, he doesn't have a well-established supporting cast on offense. Offensive line is still an issue, especially with Brandon Scherf, the all-pro guard on injured reserve right now. The run game is flat right now, so you cannot pin this all on Dwayne Haskins at the same time. So you also have to put him in positions to succeed. So I can understand the criticism. I can see where Ron Rivera may want to ignite a fire in him to motivate him to play better. But at the same time, Washington right now, they're just not all that talented on that side of the ball. Yeah, offensively, they're going to struggle. And I know Ron Rivera wants to come in and he wants to light and fire. But obviously, you know, the, the key things that you pointed out is they're just lackluster as far as the skill. And so I think at the end of the day, man, these guys have to find some way to find some continuity. Alex Smith, I don't think is the answer, especially coming back from such a gruesome injury. So I rest him and let him come back fully healthy, mental free um, with a complete and uh, stress-free offseason. And I think at the end of the day, you roll with Dwayne Haskins the rest of the way. You're going to have to try to find something out of him because, you know, Washington, they've been striking out on quarterbacks ever since they've drafted uh, back with RG3. And it's really it's really going to necessarily come down to the program and the, and, and the type of culture that's around these guys if they fail with Dwayne Haskins. Now, should Washington move on from Haskins at some point? You just never know. Ron Rivera, he is a straight shooter, and he's not afraid to ruffle feathers. One guy that I will say to keep an eye on is Kyle Allen, the quarterback they acquired from the Panthers. So Ron Rivera knows him. The offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, who went from Carolina to Washington, knows Kyle Allen well when he started those games. So that could be a guy that Washington turns to if they're unable to see any progress from Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, and you know, Kyle Allen showed a lot last year. I mean, he got off to a 4-0 start, and then obviously Carolina started to go through a drastic amount of injuries, um, and his play started to flutter a little bit, but you know, this is a guy that's won some football games, and, and technically he's won more than Dwayne Haskins. So yeah. we got to see 
We have to see whether or not, um, you know, Ron Rivera is still going to believe in Dwayne Haskins. I think realistically, uh, again, when I'm t- when he's saying these things in the media, I think that realistically he's trying to challenge this kid's approach to the football game. I think that when you say a team deserves better, then that necessarily means that you're not you're not approaching football with the with the, with 110 percent like the other three other 53 guys on the team. And so I think at the end of the day, he, he has to find a way um, to spark and fuel these guys in the locker room. Um, because at the end of the day, man, it doesn't matter. You, if you're in the NFL, um, the amount of talent on a team doesn't matter. If you come out there and do the things correctly and you follow the coach's game plan, then you're going to be in position later later on the game to, uh, to win the game. Let's go ahead and move on to the next question here. And it comes from the at hub pod on instagram this is a podcast page i guess that follows my page at pro football chase and he wants to know are the bills legit and this is a team that you and i talked about last week when they played the rams i chose the bills by the way jarell you chose the rams but we both knew that that game was going to be tightly contested buffalo ended up Winning that game, they had a lead, blew it, and then on that last drive, they were able to score with that pass interference call. Some think it was controversial. End of the day, they got the win. But I'll tell you what, Jarrell, I do think this team is legit. I've been consistent about it. Sean McDermott, I'm a believer in him. Brandon Bean deserves immense credit, the GM there in Buffalo, for assembling a team that is ultra-competitive and they're peaking at the right time in that division. And let me tell you what, man, Josh Allen, I think I'm a believer in him. He has certainly made positive strides. You look at his numbers. I know Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, they're the talk of the early MVP favorites. But Josh Allen deserves a word for what he's been able to do in that Buffalo offense. And then, of course, playing in that clutch time drive, I mean, that's not easy either. But I like what Buffalo has going on, Jarrell, and I do believe they are legit. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. Uh, The Buffalo Bills highly surprised me last week. I knew that they were going to be very competitive, but I just thought that Sean McVay and the the complexity of their offense and what what they were able to show over the first couple weeks – I just thought that they were going to have an opportunity to to um, to make some plays in the back end against the Buffalo Bills. I think Josh Allen. Um, realistically, if if I'm Josh Allen, I'm I'm paying for dinner each and every week uh, for a guy like Stephen Diggs, just because um, ever since he's arrived in the locker room, the field seems to be wide open for for a guy like Josh Allen throwing the ball down the field. Um, when you got when you got a guy like Diggs running off safeties and corners, and you're able to he's able to hit these underneath routes where guys can run after catch. Um, and then having uh, Brown, Brown on the other side for another deep threat. Um, the year before, Brown was the only deep threat, and so when you and, and so when you add that, um, it just adds value to the team. And these guys have been able to to find some continuity. And uh, Croft, I tell you what, for a young tight end, man, he's starting to come on in, in this AFC East. And so I think at the end of the day, if they can find um, some continuity to their to their running attack, if Singletary can hold on to the ball. And, um, and, and and really give these teams uh, to put them in some uh, some third and short situations. I think the Buffalo Bills will have a, a, a very good say-so in this division and as well as in this conference. Yeah, and they're also going to get some reinforcements, Jarrell. Josh Norman, the veteran corner who many people forget signed with the Bills and he reunited with Sean McDermott. 
He's been on injured reserve since the beginning of the season. He should be getting ready to play. So that's another positive player and a strong vet presence that can go and complement Tredavious White there in the secondary. And then, of course, yeah, you brought up Devin Singletary. They have Zach Moss also, the hammer rookie running back out of Utah. So this is a team that is just full of smash mouth players. And I'm excited to see what they can accomplish as this season unfolds. Yeah, they like I said, the defense has proven to be to be very elite. Um, they it's going to be a tough test this weekend when they go to travel to Las Vegas because we know what type of game that the the Raiders are going to be coming with. So it's going to be a physical matchup. But like I said, if I think if they can get over a hump, if they can get over the hump against a team like you know Las Vegas and do what New England did to them last week, then we're going to be seeing a four and Buffalo Bills team, and and these guys are going to be in contention, man. Um, I think it's going to go toe to toe with them and the Patriots. Um, especially with how the Jets look and how the Dolphins look, man. It's definitely a wide-open race between these two. And that's a perfect segue to the next question that comes from our buddy Ty on Instagram. And he wants to know, and I'm excited to talk about this, what are your thoughts on Cam Newton so far this season? Jarrell, you can go first. Um, I personally, I like it. I think I like the the uh, variations in their offense. Um, I just think that... They need to add elite, like one more pass catcher in their offense in order for them to be elite. I think at the end of the day, we know what Edelman's going to be doing. Um, you saw against Dallas, uh, I mean, not necessarily Dallas, but you saw against Seattle. Um, he had a phenomenal day. Uh, but these were these are young DBs in Seattle, man. These are guys that can't keep up with a pro bowl premier type of, you know, guy and 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 uh Julian Edelman. But as far as, you know, the Buffalo Bills, these are these are corners that are going to be able to keep up with him long term, and I think that these guys need to add another pass catcher in order to complement Cam Newton or find a tight end that can uh ultimately catch some balls out the back uh cuffs the balls um out the backfield and out the slot a little bit. Um, but really, I'm I'm impressed with, with Cam Newton's efficiency. I'm impressed with his calmness in the pocket and knowing the situation. And he hasn't been taking brutal hits, man, because that's what realistically the 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 question the question mark that uh, that has been presented for him is: Can he last a whole 16 games? I've been really impressed with Cam Newton and. Honestly, I was excited to see him get signed by the Patriots. I think we all wanted to see the guy at least get an opportunity to show that he can still play in this NFL, and he's done that. You look at his numbers, week one against Miami. He really didn't have to do a lot, 15-19 efficient, 155 Two rushing touchdowns, 75 yards, week two. That's when he put together that massive throwing performance drill against Seattle. Almost 400 yards, 397 yards passing, one touchdown. Another two rushing touchdowns. And then in week three against Las Vegas, 162, one touchdown, one interception, just 27 yards rushing. So he's proven that when called upon, he can still throw for a chunk of yardage. And he's also shown that he's in good condition. He's learning how to protect himself a little bit better. Josh McDaniels clearly has schemed up an offense that suits his needs. And I did talk about this guy when the season opened. And I was very excited about his development. Nikhil Harry, the former first-round wide receiver, big target. I knew him and Cam Newton were going to develop a strong chemistry. And so far, so good. And what also surprises me, Jarrell, is that Julian Edelman, has been really efficient with Cam Newton under center. Yeah, I mean, the play-action pass game, the jet, the the screens, um, just getting the ball out. Um, you know, Julian Edelman is, is probably one of the best in the game as far as those choice routes in the slot. 
Uh, and, and realistically, it's it hasn't been a guy since probably like Wes Welker that's just been that elite and, and that uncovered in the slot. And so, um, you know, he's still – he's coming off uh, – uh, uh, I think he had an injury last year, so he's trying to pick himself up and continue to do some things. And, and I like to see Julian Edelman out there because he, he makes a better uh, a better NFL when he's out there on the field. And um, But realistically for us, man, like with the Patriots uh, – the big test is coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs knocked off the number one or two team in the AFC conference, and now it falls on the New England Patriots. And so, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very important for Cam Newton this upcoming game. Um, they have to establish this passing game. They have to go out there and be able to compete because we know that the Chiefs are walking thirty points. And so, uh, we're, we're gonna have to see if, if Bill Belichick is gonna be able to keep up with these guys. And if Cam Newton can air the ball out against this defense. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that matchup on Sunday. It's the 425 p.m. Eastern time start. Chiefs, Patriots, that'll be a big-time opportunity for Cam Newton to make a statement. If he can come through and beat Patrick Mahomes head-to-head, that would certainly be something for Cam Newton as he continues his redemption tour in the NFL. Now, the last question that we'll touch on before we get into these game previews and we knock those out and give our score picks, I want to talk about this question from Ethan Kakoa because, man, it really gets your mind racing, and it is probably one of the hardest answers to put together. So his question, all right, it's, a play bench cut scenario. So you have to play one of these, bench one of these, and cut one of these if you are a GM in the NFL, all right? So the players are Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. So which of these three are you going to play, are you going to bench, and are you going to cut? Oh, wow. Uh, okay, so if I'm a general manager, I have to cut Lamar Jackson. Um because I know in the in the playoffs I have to throw to win. Um, when I'm talking about, ooh man, it's tough, very, man. It's tough. It's very tough um, to win a football game. To win a football game off pure who I am, I'm taking Russell Wilson. I'm gonna start Russell. I'm gonna bench Patrick. And the reason why I say that is because I would really love to see what Patrick Mahomes is without the four receivers that he have. And I and that's going to be the very big test is like the reason why Aaron Rodgers is so premier is because obviously Aaron Rodgers had a hell of an arm when he was first starting out and he was doing it. But then also he was playing along Hall of Fame receivers as far as, you know, uh, Donald Driver. uh, You got Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings. You had uh, you got uh, Finley being so elite. Um, as a tight end. And when you look over at the Kansas City Chiefs, it's the same exact thing, man. You got you got Tariq Hill, you have Sammy Watkins, you have um, Mikael Harmon, you have Travis Kelsey, um, and the rookie running back out of LSU, man, I, I can't even say his name. He's so elite. Clyde um, Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, oh, my goodness. I mean, he's a, he's a walking bowling ball. Like, it's crazy. And it's just, when I'm looking at uh, Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do, uh, yes, his arm is phenomenal. But when you're talking about the type of talent that's running out there, like like I said, the Baltimore Ravens were elite for the first uh, couple weeks of the season. And they had no answer for any of these guys because of the simple fact, you, even if you have a number one corner, who are you going to put him on? Because at the end of the day, everybody is, everybody is elite. Everybody can run solid routes. And Mahomes finds them. And so... 
I'm I'm taking Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson had Andy Reid and his types of oh Lord Jesus, we would be talking about the same things. And I just think yes, Mahomes' arm is phenomenal, but I mean the confidence that he's playing with because Andy Reid gives him that confidence as well as the type of weapons that they put around him. They've essentially groomed this kid, like, and that's what and that's what Andy Reid has always done. He's always done that. He's always taken care of his his. Court. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Quarterbacks in Philadelphia, um, even when they had Alex Smith, like they've had, he's always surrounding him himself with people that can uh, that can uh, fully equip and assist the quarterback. And I just think that what Russell Wilson's been able to do out there in Seattle, um, you know, their running game has been up and down. Their defense, they don't have a pass rush. Um, DK Metcalf is making rookie mistakes every now and then. Um, let, I mean, we're, I mean, the, the 14 touchdowns in three weeks, that's phenomenal, man. And, and so I'm, I gotta, I gotta start Russell and I'm going to take, I'm going to bench, I'm going to bench Mahomes uh, just because if I'm going out there with average Joes, I'm going to take Russell. That's a compelling point right there. That's something that obviously I've been thinking about. I'm going to cut Lamar Jackson. Now, don't get me wrong. The guy's a sensational player, but we've seen his deficiency when the team gets behind, especially in crunch time. He finds it hard to move the ball down the field, so I would have to eliminate him. But here's where it gets tough. I mean, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and I absolutely agree with your points about Mahomes and Wilson and Wilson not having near the caliber of weapons that Mahomes has in Kansas City. I mean, his arsenal is open wide. Kelsey, Hill, you name it, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But, you know, for me, I would have to start Mahomes. And I understand that Wilson, the guy is sensational, and both of these guys are tier one quarterbacks, so that doesn't change the narrative, but I would start Mahomes just because of the guy's ability to make 
any and every single pass in the book, and he makes it look easy. The moment is never too big for Patrick Mahomes. He can march a team down the field in 20 seconds, or he can put together a sustainable drive for seven minutes by picking apart your defense, regardless of the look you give him, cover zero, man-to-man, zone looks. He can shred it all apart, and his arm talent is just incredible. And I understand, I see your point. Russell Wilson, he does a lot with way less. And I am interested to see what Mahomes would do if he doesn't have that same supporting cast that he does in Kansas City, as well as Andy Reid being his head coach, Eric Bieniemy being his offensive coordinator. But I just cannot bench a guy like Mahomes. His upside is just as high as Russell Wilson. His floor would be a little bit lower than Russell Wilson just because of the risk. Like, well, is this guy going to perform without all these elite caliber? I'm going to bet that he does just because of that ability and the knack to pick up pressure in the pocket. He's not as mobile as Russell Wilson. Mahomes is a little bit slower, but he can still make the plays to move the chains for your team, which is why I would play Mahomes and bench Russell Wilson. Yeah, man, you made some compelling arguments, man. I just, I mean, we have yet to see it been done. I mean, I think, you know, Russell Wilson, they, ever since they've been to the Super Bowl, they've dismantled that entire team, off, both, off, both offensively and defensively. And, I mean, we're talking about one staple that's been constant in Seattle. It's been Russell Wilson getting these guys to the playoffs. It's been Russell Wilson getting these guys out the late-game situations. It's been Russell Wilson turning around, spinning, almost going down to the ground and throwing the ball deep. I mean, he's got probably one of the best deep deep balls in the NFL, along with Patrick Mahomes. But like I said, man, when you break that huddle and you're a Kansas City Chief, and if I'm a quarterback and I look out there and I see five guys that I know for a fact can beat one-on-one situations, my whole entire thought process is I just need to get it to one of them. I don't have to get it to a specific one. And that's what Russell Wilson faces. Russell's like, man, I got to get DK Metcalf the ball. I don't necessarily know what tight end, you know, what tight end we could throw the ball to, uh, but I got to try to get him on a rollout or, or a bootleg or something. I got to get him rolling. Patrick Mahomes breaks the huddle and looks around. And he's like, ah, all right. All right, here we go. I just got to get it to one of you, and I mean, and it looks so. I mean, it's so effortless, and uh, and like I said, man, Russell, the efficiency. Um, he's probably the best quarterback outside the pocket, other than Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and so, yeah, like I said, I got to go with Russell. Um, if I'm taking a team, if I'm taking a guy just starting a team, and I know I don't have nobody else, I know that Russell Wilson can take a guy from the parking lot and turn him and turn him into something nice, and so. I think that I think I'm gonna stick with Russell. And mind you, Russell Wilson has made Tyler Lockett into one of the most productive wide receivers in the NFL. He's an undersized receiver that came into the league from Kansas State, and he is a big time threat in that Seattle passing attack. And Russell Wilson has a lot to do with it because his ability to throw him open and the trust and chemistry that they developed. And also, Jarrell, the same goes for Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse, who just announced his retirement. Those two guys were just as unstoppable when they were in that Seattle passing attack as well. So that does speak volumes to what Russell Wilson can do for receivers and for an offense as a whole. Absolutely. I mean, when you, like, his approach to football is outrageous. I mean, I've, I've been battling Russell Wilson from, I mean, I mean, from my days in college, even my days in the NFL, 
I've been a part of some phenomenal, memorable games. Um, you know, Hail Mary against Wisconsin, uh, the Fail Mary out there in Seattle. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I've been, you know what I'm saying? I've been a part of some phenomenal games against this guy. And one thing that I always, uh, that I can always assure you of is that he has this calmness about him no matter what the situation is. And the moment is never too big for him. And so, um, when those guys break the huddle, man, it don't matter. Like I said, if you don't, if you don't matter if you're a first round pick or a guy literally that they signed last night, like Russell gives you this confidence that, Hey man, I'm gonna go out here and make a couple plays for the team. And, and, uh, we've seen that with the guys and the receivers that you mentioned, um, and the types of careers that they've been able to end with. I'd like to answer some of these fan questions. It's something I started this week and I look forward to doing for several weeks down the road, getting some fan engagement on the podcast. We appreciate you, as always, tuning in every single week. Now, Jarrell, it's time to get to the game previews and predictions. We're going to run by these matchups rather quickly just because of time. We got into those questions, which is good. I enjoy talking about each of those topics. But the first game here is Thursday, October 1st, so tomorrow we kick off week four of the NFL. The Broncos and the Jets, Jarrell, both teams 0-3. It'll be Brett Ripien, who was named the starter for Denver, taking on Sam Darnold. Who are you going to roll with in this rather interesting matchup? I'm going to go with the Jets. Uh, not the Jets. I'm not going to go with the Jets. Well, I was going to say the Denver. Jets, not, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to, oh, my goodness. Oh, look, Lord Jesus, help me. I'm going with Denver, man. Um, I just think that Denver is going to be able to come out defensively and do some things against the Jets. The Jets don't really want to play football, and the Jets have proven that they can allow, they can allow backup quarterbacks to come in there and have phenomenal games, i.e. the last couple weeks. And so at the end of the day, man, the Jets, they are ready to pack it up and ship it out, and I'm just going to roll with the Denver Broncos. But I'm going to roll in a, in a very low-scoring game and a, a, a score of 12-6. to six. <laughs> 12 to 6 man that cracks me up goes all over the place man and and you know what word on the street is that Gase will be out if the Jets lose to the Denver Broncos on Thursday night so some part of me believes the Jets are going to self-sabotage and lose this game on purpose to get Adam Gase out of there on Broad Street so I, too, am going to go with the Denver Broncos in a sloppy game, 19-16. to I'm going with Brett Ripien, Boise State Broncos. Shout out to them. Now we'll move to Sunday's games, Jarrell. We have the Baltimore Ravens, 2-1, looking to bounce back at the Washington football team. I have Baltimore winning this game convincingly by a score of 30-13. to This is the game they come out and gain vengeance after getting slapped around by Kansas City. Yeah, we have similar scores, man. I, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to come back and get back on track. Um, they got to run the football well. And the receivers, they got to stop letting Lamar Jackson down. So I got them winning 31-10. All right, now we're going to move on to the Steelers and Titans. Both teams are unbeaten 3-0 each. This game is postponed to either Monday or Tuesday night due to the Tennessee COVID issue. So we could have football on Tuesday, Jarrell. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans to win this game 30-27. I believe that Mike Vrabel squad, they have showed some resiliency early in this season. Of course, coming away with that massive victory in minnesota 31 30 i expect a big game from derrick henry on the ground i like tennessee to improve to 4-0 30 to 27 give me the tennessee titans i'm going with the pittsburgh steelers uh you give a phenomenal franchise like the steelers extra time to uh to to prepare 
Uh, we know what the Tennessee Titans come with. If they, if you can stop Derrick Henry, you got an opportunity to be in the game. And so the Pittsburgh Steelers, number one rush defense in NFL right now. And so I'm going to roll with the Pittsburgh Steelers, 28-17. Uh, to 17. All right, the next game we have here is the Los Angeles Chargers, 1-2 and two at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 2-1. and one. I think Tampa goes and gets an easy victory, 26-10. Tom Brady is humming and firing on all cylinders with Mike Evans. Now, of course, Chris Godwin could miss a couple of weeks with that hamstring injury, but he's got plenty of weapons. Scotty Miller working in the slot, and... Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Rob Gronkowski, who had six catches in week three. I like Tampa in that defense who continues to play very well under Todd Bowles. They've taken leaps and bounds from week one. Tampa wins big over the Los Angeles Chargers, who will be starting the rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, 26-10. The Bucks come away with it. I'm going to look for the Buccaneers to continue to keep rolling. I think they, they found they found some continuity up in uh, Denver last week. And um, and realistically, the, the rush defense and their defensive line has been able to get after it. And so uh, if Tyrod Taylor's out another week, then I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still have an opportunity to go out there and compete. Um, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to look for Tom Brady to do his thing uh, 24 to 10. Next, we have the Seattle Seahawks 3-0 at the Miami Dolphins, who are 1-2. Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP clip, and that is an understatement. The Super Bowl quarterback is completing north of 75% of his passes, 14 touchdowns, just one interception after brilliant performance against the Cowboys last week. I will take him to win yet again. 38-23, this Seattle defense is of concern. The Dolphins, of course, they're struggling. They're still a young team. Ryan Fitzpatrick can light you up for 400 yards, and I think he will have some success against that banged-up Seattle defense. But in the end, I'm taking Russell Wilson. He will come through yet again. Give me the Seahawks over the Dolphins. Yeah, Russell Wilson is going to have a phenomenal day. DK Metcalf has to redeem himself from that bogus play that he did last week. Um, And so I think that the Seattle Seahawks are just, I think they're personally going to come in and blow these guys out. I know the Miami Dolphins have been competitive over the the previous three weeks, but I think Seattle has a a lot to prove, and they're trying to get into Miami and get out. And so I think they're going to win in the score of 33-23. to Vikings at Texans, Jarrell 0-3 for each squad. This game is also uncertain due to Tennessee's COVID issues, who, by the way, played the Vikings. Now, of course, there's optimism that that game will remain as scheduled 1 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. I will roll with the Minnesota Vikings, Jarrell. This is a team that has had some tough opponents to start the season. As previously stated, they had an ugly loss to the Tennessee Titans. This is a game where I see Kirk Cousins coming up big with a big-time performance. Justin Jefferson is starting to get integrated to that Minnesota offense. Look for Adam Thielen to have some success as well. Dalvin Cook is coming into his own 31-28 in a thriller who at NRG Stadium where there will be up to 20% capacity of Texans fans. But give me the Vikings over the Texans. Jarrell, this will be a good one. Yeah, I will have to agree with you. I think that they found some continuity on the ground last week. You know, Dalvin Cook had 181 rushing yards on 22 attempts. I think you got to go back with that. You know, Kirk Cousins is the typical pro-style quarterback. You run the football, great play-action pass guy, and that's what they have to lean on. And that's why and that's why they were able to have uh, success for three and a half quarters <laughs> against, uh, against their team last week, man. And so I think at the end of the day, the Minnesota Vikings – 
uh, really have to bounce back, and I'm looking for them to dominate the Houston Texans. Yannick and Donway had a good had a sack last week. He's got to keep it going, and they really need to get Danelle Hunter back out there. But I think that they found their their that they found their stride a little bit, and so I think they're going to come back in a score of 27 to 21. But don't count out Deshaun Watson, man. I think he's going to make it very competitive. Saints and Lions, both teams are 1-2. and two. The Saints coming off that disappointing loss in primetime to the Green Bay Packers. I like them to rebound against Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions. Michael Thomas, his status is still uncertain. He's missed the last couple of games. But even if he's not playing, Drew Brees and especially that Saints defense who's coming out hungry. Dennis Allen, he's talked about the urgency. They need to clean up those penalties. i like them to win this one 27-23 over the Detroit Lions. It may be a little closer than many people think because this is a sneaky good Lions squad that just got Kenny Galladay back from injury. But New Orleans is the better team and that will show on the result. Yeah, I like the Saints too. I think that they, you know, the uh, the New Orleans New Orleans defense, they know that they're going to try to run the ball. The Lions said that they already going to keep leaning on AP back there, and and we know that they they're going to try to pass the ball, but they just don't necessarily have enough. And so I think the Saints are going to come into Detroit another another dome type of game, and they're going to feel right at home, and they're going to dominate. Um, I think for they, I think for them, um, it's going to be 29, and I'm going to give the uh, the Detroit Lions 17 points. 2-1 Browns at the 1-2 Dallas Cowboys drill. This game gets me really nervous once again. This is a Dallas secondary that is giving up over 30 points per game. They're struggling immensely. Dak Prescott, on the other hand, is playing out of his mind. He's amassed north of 1,200 total yards in just three games. He dropped a close game to the Seattle Seahawks, and this is a potent Browns offense. We know Baker Mayfield's up and down like a roller coaster ride, but they still have a dominant ground attack led by Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Of course, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. I do think this Brown squad is going to have a field day against this Dallas secondary as the first three opponents have had, but I am going to still roll with the Dallas Cowboys. 34 to 30 in the end. I don't think they drop another game like this, but this game is certainly a nerve-wrecking one and one that I don't have much confidence saying that Dallas is going to win, but I'm going to choose them anyways. We'll see what happens, Jarrell. Yeah, um this is a trap game for Dallas. If they don't come to play, they can find they can find themselves 1 and 3. The Cleveland Browns finally found out who they are, and I think, you know, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, these guys are going to want to put on a big show in in Jerry World. Um, Baker Mayfield loves to play down there in Texas. You already know the type of rivalry that he has when he plays in Texas. And I just think at the end of the day, the Dallas Cowboys, um, they've been through too many heartbreaks. Um, You know, Dak Prescott is tired of throwing over 400 yards a game, and then he's losing on that end. And so uh, it it, it hasn't necessarily been as efficient. And, uh, And I really think that the Dallas Cowboys, they need to fix what they got going on their offensive line. They need to find a solid running game because we know that Cleveland's going to come in and run the football. But in the end, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to go two and two. I think it's going to be a very, I think it's going to be a very close game, um, and that's how it's just going to be when you have a new coach. I got them winning uh, 20 to 17. One and two Jaguars at the 0 and two N1 Cincinnati Bengals. They tied with the Philadelphia Eagles in a matchup of two young good quarterbacks. Joe Burrow will look to lead Cincinnati to its first win after that result against Philadelphia. 
Burrow has now counted for north of 800 passing yards with five touchdowns and just one interception in his first three career games. I look for him to lead the Bengals to a win here, 24-23 in a close one in Ohio. Yeah, I like the Bengals, man. Um, they had some some tough games over the first couple weeks, but they've only they've lost they've lost they lost to Cleveland by five. Um, their opener they lost by three. Then you lose in a tie game last week. The Bengals have their guy of the future. Their defense is starting to come and play a lot better than what um, people are giving them credit for. Um, but realistically, man, I, I think that um, the Jacksonville Jaguars they're going to be competitive, but. I like the Cincinnati Bengals in this. Um, I, I like them to get a, a, a their first win of the year, getting it at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm going to take them 17-10. to 2-1 Colts at the 3-0 Chicago Bears. This is going to be a really good one, Jarrell, but I believe in Nick Foles. He entered the ball game, brought the Bears back to knock off the Atlanta Falcons. There is a confidence. There is love for Foles in that locker room, plus that defense. I look for them to get after the immobile Phillip Rivers bait him into a couple of interceptions. I like Chicago to come through 27 to 20 over the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think after going on the road against uh, an Atlanta Falcons team, getting a win, um, it doesn't matter. Coming from behind, it doesn't matter what team that you beat in the NFL. When you come from behind and you get a win that very next week, when you come to practice, you're a little bit more energized, you're a little bit more juiced up. And so I think the, the Chicago Bears are going to have a great opportunity against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I'd look for their defense to come out and dominate. And I think McNaggy finally understands that he can run his offense, the style Andy Reid has put into play and the style that these guys he, he's been groomed from. And so I look for Matt Nagy and this and this Chicago Bears team to actually dominate. Um, and I'm going to take them. I'm going to put them. I'm going to take them putting up 30 points, man, with a defensive touchdown as well as Nick Foles uh, adding to the mix. And so I'm going to give them a score of 30 to 20. Cardinals at Panthers. Cardinals are two and one. They're coming off a disappointing loss last week to the Detroit Lions who were previously winless. It's a game that Kyler Murray threw three interceptions after he had played at an MVP type level to open the season. I am going to roll with Arizona to bounce back 31-17 over the Carolina Panthers. They'll get this win rather easily. Of course, Carolina still without Christian McCaffrey. They're all pro running back. Arizona takes care of business. Yeah, I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals, too. Number one receiver in the game. Kyler Murray's finally starting to find some continuity. No Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater has it in uh, has it in for him this week. So I'm going to go Arizona Cardinals. I think they're going to win in a score of 26-17. The New York Giants going to L.A. to take on the Rams, who are 2-1, coming off that difficult loss to the Buffalo Bills in crunch time. Give me Sean McVay's side, 35-13 in a blowout. This is a Rams offense that will explode and go wild against the New York Giants, who are also dealing with a bevy of injuries. And just like that Kanye West song, no more parties in L.A. That's exactly <laughs> what the Giants are going to be saying, man, because I I'm, I'm know that the Rams are going to come out. They, they, uh, they, got, they let one slip last week on the road, um, and I think that they're just going to come out and dominate, man. We're talking about Aaron Donald, one the best pass rusher, the best interior lineman we've seen over the last like five years. And so I think at the end of the day, man, we got the L.A. Rams coming out dominating 33. Um, I'm not even going to give them uh, double digits, man. I think 33 to 9. The unbeaten Buffalo Bills will travel to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. This game will be close. I like the Raiders because of their identity to control the time of possession with that rushing attack, Josh Jacobs. We know they had a blowout loss to New England, but what they showed against the Saints 
a couple of weeks ago. This is a team that has plenty of upside and potential. Buffalo Bills, though, I'm going to roll with them 27-24 with a game-winning field goal in a game that should be very interesting to take in, Jarrell. Man, you actually are giving the Raiders a lot of credit, but I'm not, man. I think they they were really exposed last week as far as their defensive back play. And I just think at the end of the day, um, Arnett, the rookie out there, um, these guys that they have in the back end, they're not going to be able to keep up with Stephen Diggs, who's obviously number four in the league in receiving yards at this point in time now. And Josh Allen has finally found the continuity um, offensively and that confidence that he needs uh, as far as the deep threat. So I like the Buffalo Bills to actually go on the road and get a very convincing win. Um, 34 to 18. Now we're on to America's Game of the Week, 425 p.m. Eastern Time. Patriots 2-1 at the unbeaten Kansas City Chiefs. While I would like to roll with Cam Newton, Jarrell, I am going to stick with the reigning, defending Super Bowl champions Patrick Mahomes in that high-octane offense full of speed and game changers. It's going to be too much for the Patriots to overcome. But again, I will give it a little bit of a closer score line. Kansas City wins, though, 34-28 in a game where Mahomes goes wild yet again. I'm going to roll with the Chiefs until the Chiefs are no longer who they are. Uh, we got five wide receivers and a running back that can literally beat everybody out the backfield in man coverage no matter what. Stephen Gilmore can't, he can't guard the entire offense of the Kansas City Chiefs, so... I just look for the Kansas City Chiefs to go out there and at least win by two touchdowns just because they have that type of firepower, um, 28-14. to 14. Now to the nightcap, the Philadelphia Eagles 0-2-1 at the San Francisco 49ers 2-1. Both of these squads are banged up immensely. It could be Nick Mullins again for the Niners. We won't know Jimmy Garoppolo's status till Thursday or Friday. Even with Nick Mullins there, I still believe there's enough issues and internal bleeding in Philadelphia that the Niners will come away with this victory in a close game, rather low scoring, 26-20. Give me the Niners over the Eagles. Right now, the Eagles are struggling offensively. Injuries remain a concern. They just placed Jalen Rager, their first-round wide receiver, on injured reserve this morning. Carson Wentz has been wildly inconsistent and that San Francisco front still has Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw on that linebacking unit led by Fred Warner. I like the Niners to get a win. Not so fast, man. Um, you know, just like we talked about on Cut the Check, uh, the betters got the 49ers as a heavy six-and-a-half-point favorite. I am not rolling with that. That is a trap game for me. Doug Peterson and this team, it doesn't necessarily matter who they have back there. I just think that this team is not going to fall to 0-3-1. and um, I just don't believe that Carson Wentz nor Doug Peterson is going to allow this team to do that. Um, my good friend Brandon Graham spoke on it earlier in the week. Uh, this team doesn't panic because they've been in 0-2 situations before and they've still had opportunities to make the playoffs. And so I'm not going to count these guys out um, just yet. And especially this defense, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham against a backup quarterback. I'm still going to roll with the Philadelphia Eagles um, in this one. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think they have enough to squeak it out just because I think that Nick Mullins is not going to make enough plays against their defense. So I'm going to I'm going to take them 24 to 21. Now for the Monday night game, the 0-3 Atlanta Falcons traveling to Lambeau to take on the Packers, who are 3-0. I think this will be a rather lopsided game. Give me the Packers 34-21 to rule the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, they drop another one 0-4. Dan Quinn, his 
seat just gets warmer. Aaron Rodgers is playing at an all-time level. They will continue that success with Aaron Jones on the ground as well. Devontae Adams, we'll see what his status is, but I don't think, honestly, that won't matter. Green Bay, they light up the Falcons 34-21. I actually think the Packers are going to blow them out. Um, I think that the Falcons are finally ready to move on from Dan Quinn. I know he's been preaching and preaching and preaching. Um, We didn't see Julio Jones last week. Hopefully we see him this week. Uh, But I just really think that the pass rush of the Smith brothers, as well as how they've been effectively playing on the back end, just gives the Green Bay Packers that ultimate uh, edge. And Aaron Rodgers, he just can't be stopped, and especially against the Atlanta Falcons. He's had a proven track record up against these guys. And so I just take the I take the Green Bay Packers to actually blow these guys out. Um, I'm actually going to take them in a score of 42 to 20. Well, there you have it. It is week four slate of games. Jarrell, I appreciate you, man, as always, joining the podcast. And it's a pleasure chatting these football matchups. Look forward to seeing how these games unfold. Absolutely, man. It's so, it's so fun to get a chance to be on the show. And uh, if you guys have an opportunity, subscribe to Cut the Check. Um, we're going to be having Isaac on there, and we're excited to, to partner up with this guy as well. And I'm just excited, man, because football is here. Sports is here. Um, it's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, and, and we still have an opportunity to uh, take a few hours out of our day and concentrate on something positive. Well said, Jarrell. Go check out his podcast, Cut the Check Podcast. We'll be working together soon. Again, Jarrell, looking forward to it, man. And take care, and God bless. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate all the support that you give, man. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.